Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about DIY property management. How do you self-manage your investment property? Now, Andrew, I can't believe that you've let me choose this as a topic. Yeah, because, look, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. I think you should use a property manager in all instances. But I know there's going to be some of you listening and you're going to think, well, I like dealing with tenants or I don't trust someone to work as well for me as I could do myself. Or maybe you just don't want to spend the money on a property manager. So today, begrudgingly, we're going to cover how to do it. Okay. So the first thing you need to do is get some software in place. So I would recommend checking out My Rent. They are an official partner with the New Zealand Property Federation. Their software's great. Yeah, their software's really good, actually. And what this is going to do is it is going to handle all of the communications with your tenant. It's going to check your rent's been paid. You can use it to check your tenant's credit history. You can sort out all of your maintenance requests, and it does your property inspection reports. So it is a great piece of software for privately managed landlords. It's about $10 a month. Cheap. Very cheap. And it puts everything about your property into one place. There are some extra costs, though, associated. Like if you do a credit check, that's about $65, but $10 a month base fee. Now, one thing, if you're interested in this, is check out their demo account. So you can go to myrent.co.nz slash demo, and I've got an account that you can click through and just see how it works. And I must admit, I don't self-manage, I don't want to self-manage, but I was pretty impressed with the capability. It's everything you would need. Now, you are still going to have to do a lot of work. You've still got to do the work if you're being a DIY property manager. But at least it puts all of the communication in one place so you have a record of it. And it'll even make suggestions. For example, I saw one about when your fixed-term tenancy is going to end. It shows you what your options are. Do you want to propose that the tenancy ends? Do you want to let it roll over to a periodic? Or do you want to propose a new fixed term? And it walks you through that. So I think that's a really important part of it. I would not be trying to manage this in spreadsheets and just Oh, I never thought I'd hear the day. No, it'd be terrible. So that's step one. What would be the step number two, Andrew? Step two is to use the right rent system to set your rent. This is chapter 13 of the book, and we talk about the way that you set your rent. And you can do this whether or not you're managing yourself or if you're using a property manager. And instead of just flicking through Trade Me and casually looking at other options to set your rent, put on your Ed hat and create an Excel spreadsheet and do it more scientifically. So go through and select properties that are similar to yours and then create a table with their details and decide whether or not those properties are superior, inferior or comparable and then put yours against it and figure out what an appropriate level of rent is to charge for your property. So the most important thing here is identifying which properties are superior and what they're renting for. You are going to charge less money for your property. Similarly, you're going to find properties that are inferior and you're going to charge more than those properties are trying to charge. So it's a really good way to try and figure out what you should charge. Number three is you are going to get a healthy homes assessment if you don't already have one. Now you're going to hire a healthy homes assessment company to make sure that your house is compliant. Remember, if you don't have a certificate that shows you are compliant, if you don't have an assessment, then you could be charged up to $4,000 if your tenant takes you to the Tenancy Tribunal. It's going to cost somewhere between $1 and $300 for someone to complete this, and they're going to make sure your property passes all of the six standards, 
or they're going to tell you what you need to do if your home isn't currently compliant. Step number four is find a tenant. So you can use my rent we talked about before to advertise your property and this automatically sends off the details to homes.co.nz, trademe, realestate.co.nz and I think also Facebook. Facebook is becoming more popular for this type of advertising and then what you do is you'll book rental viewings as people apply. Now remember you're going to pay extra money for credit checks. So it's about $65 to run those credit checks and it gives you a sense of how risky an applicant is compared to other people. And there's a sample report that you can find at myrent.co.nz slash demo slash background underscore check. Okay, maybe we'll link that in the show notes so people don't have to rewind and keep typing rewind. that in. Rewind. Yeah, rewind. Do what you do still you... call it rewind? Yeah. If it's a... Okay. Yeah, it's called rewind. Right. What else would it be called? I don't know. So number five is read the Residential Tenancies Act. Now, to be fair, you'd probably do this right at the start. So you need to know what you can and what you can't do, what letters or notices to send and when. Now, look, the Act itself is about 250 pages long. So maybe you don't read it on the legislation website. Perhaps you read some of the guides to get some base knowledge. So I'd be going through Tenancy Services, which is a government website, finding the guides and getting familiar with the Residential Tenancies Act. There are so many times I go onto Facebook and I look at the Property Investors Chat Group and somebody is asking a question and they clearly don't know anything about the Residential Tenancies Act. There was somebody on there the other day, self-managing a property, who was saying that there was a small, and like, they showed a photo, it was a small nick in one of the doors. Just a standard door, small nick in it. What was he doing there? And they were saying, honestly, uh, uh, I'm not in the mood for you today, Andrew, Nicole. (laughs) I'm not here for it. And uh, so there's a small nick in the door. Don't you make that joke again. There's a small nick in the door. And the person asked, can I evict my tenant or get them to fix it? Now, anybody who is familiar with the Residential Tenancies Act will know that this will clearly be accidental damage and the landlord is responsible for that. And even if the tenant had been malicious and it was intentional damage, you can't just evict your tenant for that. So the main thing to do is get familiar with the Residential Tenancies Act because this is the rule book that you need to follow. Step number six is schedule your inspections. And this one's so important because if you don't do this, you're probably not complying with your insurance and you could void your insurance cover. Now, my rent will prompt these, which is awesome. That in itself is worth the $10 a month, in my opinion. And it gives you a list of things to check. So you can go through, again, we'll link in the show notes, and have a look at what kind of things you want to be looking at so that when you walk through the house, you can make notes of if there's any damage if there's any new maintenance issues, have all of that stuff appropriately recorded. And the final step is to outsource to a property manager when you need it. So some property managers will let you pick and choose the services you use from them at any time. And I'll give you an example. A1 property managers in Christchurch will do one-off inspections for you. So I've got a friend who is going to rent out their house to their friends And of course, I berated them, telling them this was the worst idea ever. And they said, well, it's fine because then I can rent out this property more cheaply to my friends because I'm not going to need a property manager, so I'm saving money. And I said, but you're going to move away from where you're currently living, so how are you going to do the inspections? And they said, well, I'm going to go to, it actually was A1 in this instance, 
and they reckon that A1 charges $100 for a one-off inspection. So you, in some instances, why are you giving me that look? No, I'm just thinking, uh, why would someone do this? But yep. Do you mean the, the landlord yeah, or the property yeah, the management landlord, firm? The landlord. Well, both actually. So in some instances, they will let you do that. They'll also, like, let's say you're going overseas for more than 21 days. You need an agent in New Zealand, which could be a friend or a family member, who can be on call for those tenants if you need. Legally, you need to have what they call an agent. Well, you might outsource that to a property manager, and they'll charge you some money to do that, of course, but it means that you can call on a property manager as and when you need it. Now, again, we're not recommending that everybody listening to the show does become a DIY landlord and does all the property management themselves, but these are the seven steps you would take. Now, Andrew, for all of this, how much would you save a year if you decide to follow these seven steps yourself? So say you're renting out for $500 a week and you're paying 8% plus GST for property management. It's about $46 a week that you're going to save. And some people are going to think, look, for $46 a week, I've got better things to do. Take the hassle away and manage this for me. And others of you are going to be thinking, you know what, for $46, I'm keen to do it myself. And we don't recommend it, but if you do want to, that's what's going to save you. This is how you do it. I want to give you an example of someone who self-manages and loves it. I met Natasha Middleton, who is the president of the Waikato Property Investors Association. Is that the one that won the award? Yeah, she won Landlord of the Year at the Property Investors Conference in October last year. And she's got 10 properties, all self-managed. And we recently featured her in New Zealand Property Investor magazine. Now, she's got a full-time job. I'm pretty sure she's an engineer, though she listens to the show, so I've I've probably butchered that. She's so got sorry a full-time job as well. Yep, full-time job. Has she got kids? I'm sorry, I don't know the intimate details of her life. Husband? <laughs> uh, yes. What's yes. your favourite meal? Uh, uh, spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha messaged me, did I get it right? But my point here is that she likes it and she prefers to give really personal service to her tenants and really look after them. And I guess if you're in the industry in such a large way like she is, and constantly getting updates on legislation changes, being the forefront of, of any of those changes, and then you've got 10 properties, so now you're saving $460 a week, maybe it makes sense at that point. I wouldn't do it, but good on her. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you're thinking about your long-term plans in property investment, then you need to actually create a written-down wealth plan. Really easy way to do this. Just go to mywealthplan.opuspartners.co.nz and use our free software. This is going to help you create a long-term wealth plan so you can see how far away you are from your ideal lifestyle. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 